This is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast, Episode 8. Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all, welcome to episode eight. I'm really excited about this episode because Rose Elam is with me and we are talking digital marketing. She is a digital marketing expert. So we are really talking about Facebook algorithms, how to stay up to date in digital marketing and how you can really take your power back as a business owner in dealing with digital marketing and how it's just always changing and knowing that like you don't have to sign up for every course under the sun when it comes to digital marketing. Rose shares her tips on where she gets the industry information so that you can do it too. And guess what? All of her sources are free. So that's pretty awesome. So enjoy the episode with Rose and thanks for listening, y'all. All right, y'all. I am here with my dear friend, Rose Elam, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast because she not only is someone who I could literally talk for hours with, but she is an expert when it comes to digital marketing, and she has a very special project coming very soon this year, 2018. So welcome, Rose. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Hello, everyone. Excited to be here. Yay. Okay, so I think we should tell people how we met because (laughs) it's it's always really funny. Yeah, it's a weird story, but it's really not that weird. We just, we get a kick out of it. So Monica and I actually (laughs) became friends through one of my like best college girlfriends who went to school together. And this best college girlfriend, her name's Regina, would always say to me, she was like, you would love my cousin, Monica. Like, <laughs> she's super stylish and she does all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh yeah, that girl, like she sounds so cool. But I just like heard about Monica from my friend's cousin. And then Monica and I met in person and I felt like it was like, you know, like soulmates like right at first (laughs) and we ended up like both really liking each other and so Regina Monica yeah like I like to think you liked me equally but um Regina Monica and I would like hang out I don't even remember how we first hung out but was it the DC marathon maybe it was yeah maybe it was the DC yeah we ran a half marathon together because we were really adventurous and sporty at the time um (laughs) running has kind of gone downhill for both of us (laughs) yeah um it's so true it's so true um but we ran this really fun marathon and we really bonded and then I think we ran another marathon together but then I think I just started like texting and talking to Monica like independently outside of Regina and then I feel like all of a sudden Regina was like wait you and my cousin are hanging out without me <laughs> so we just bypassed we bypassed Regina the middleman in our relationship so basically the story is she's my friend's cousin which sounds so weird yeah. you know like a little like three degrees of separation but now she's just my friend um, yeah. and we have a lot of shared interests and 
I think what was really funny is so Monica, you went to TCU and mm-hmm. I ended up marrying someone who went to TCU. And then mm-hmm. we lived in Fort Worth and Texas for a while. And you had lived there. Like there's a lot of very similar overlaps in our life stories, yes. I feel like. So totally. yeah, I'm very grateful for Regina. <laughs> Absolutely. She basically <laughs> set us up on <laughs> a friend date. <laughs> and a friend date, yes. But yeah, why you are here really is A, because I want to share the you with the world. <laughs> and B, fabulous. B, because a lot of my listeners are business owners and one of the most common questions is about digital marketing because it's a beast. Yeah. Like, I don't need to tell you that, you know that, but there's just so much that's changing all the time. So much to be learned that by the time you learn something new, it's like, wait, is that even relevant anymore? So yeah. basically I want you to give some peace of mind to people <laughs> that like, it doesn't have to be like this really intimidating thing and like know what to focus on essentially. So let's start with your background in digital marketing and how you even ended up there. Yeah, absolutely. So digital marketing, I was actually a poli sci and history major in college. And so this was definitely not the life path that I think I thought I was going to embark upon. After graduation, I moved to Capitol Hill and got a job working for a senator at there. And it was interesting, but it wasn't quite fulfilling, you know, my hopes and dreams. Um, So I actually started working um, for a political advertising firm and doing digital for them. And this is back in what, 2011, when Instagram wasn't even a thing. I think Facebook had just started doing ads. Um, YouTube was still new. Like, I feel like I'm like a creaky old woman, like back in my day. But but, I mean, it's so funny because that's where we're at. Like another girl that I interviewed when I interviewed Taylor Thompson, who's a blogger, she was saying like when she started, Instagram didn't exist. When I started, Instagram didn't exist. And my high school cheerleaders that I coach, like they don't understand what that would <laughs> be like. This does not compute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like really, I mean, I feel really feel like it's back in the day, but I mean, luckily for me, what happened is I got into this world. I mean, granted it was political advertising, but it still was all digital. Um, and I got into digital at when it was starting to heat up, like when it was kind of like the wild west. And so I feel like it gave me a huge career boost because I was there when things were kind of exploding. And so I loved it. It was super fascinating. You know, things were changing left and right. And from doing political advertising, I then got pulled into an agency where we did a lot of brand stuff for huge, you know, national global brands. So my, my mantra was always, if I can sell a politician, I can sell anything. And that really worked out. Yeah, that worked out really well. And so I've kind of stayed in the brand world ever since and stayed in digital ever since. That's really my, you know, area of expertise, so to say. But yeah, I really think that it's been amazing to see the transformations that have happened in digital. Um, And I think that has a lot to do kind of with what 
is going on now with what you were referring to with all the algorithm changes and all the changes going on. I mean, this is nothing new. This is something Mm -hmm. changes in digital have been happening since, you know, really digital advertising, digital marketing existed. And I think it's smart because you know, in digital, if you don't evolve, you die. And I think we've seen a lot of really good examples of platforms that have kind of, you know, been a piece of that, where they just Mm -hmm. have kind of stayed stagnant, and they haven't adapted, and they've, you know, gone to the wayside, and they're not relevant anymore. And so a lot of the algorithm changes that are happening, a lot of the new things that are coming about are just platforms trying to stay relevant, and just the, the landscape being relevant. And I really don't think it's anything to be afraid of because the way that we look at it is that it's all about making things better for like the user experience, right? Um, and so let's talk about like Facebook's, you know, recent algorithm changes mm-hmm. and how yeah. literally the whole world exploded when that happened. <laughs> um, we got yeah. calls from clients about it, you know, in, inside my agency, they were um lots of questions, but really what it's a response to it is really what happened, I think, with the election cycle um, mm-hmm. last year and all the fake news that happened. And so Facebook is responding to basically what the implications were of like non-relevant news sources clogging up people's news feeds. And it's real. I mean, I see all these stupid articles all the time and I'm like, I don't want to hear about a baby turtle in like South Africa, you know, who loves candy. Like that's not relevant for my life. And is that, are you sure? No, I don't know. I do like baby turtles. Um, weird example, but you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so I feel like Facebook just is, it's a smart, a lot of smart people work for Facebook. And so they're just realizing they want to make the user experience better so that people don't start leaving Facebook um, right. and going to another platform. And so they're adapting and they're making sure that like users are getting information that they want. Um, and so I think if you think about it that way, it's a lot easier to understand, you know? I definitely agree. And that's for the past few years, especially before this Facebook thing, a lot of it was about the Instagram Mm -hmm. algorithm. And I've always come at it from the perspective of this is their companies that need to run and they'll run if they have users using their platform. So they're not trying to sabotage you. No. Or else (laughs) you would leave and then they wouldn't have anyone on their platform. Yeah. So why would they be doing something to sabotage you? And I think people just, I don't know if it's just people having change and when change shows up without wanting it, you go into victim mentality Yeah, and just assume all of a sudden like your business is going to fail now because of this change. Instead of like you said, like to stay relevant, you have to change with the times. Mm -hmm. And that goes not just for these platforms like Facebook um, to stay relevant, but you as a business owner need to stay relevant by moving with them. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly cannot agree with you more. I'm nodding my head up and down right now. Um, (laughs) I think what it is, is like, as you said at the beginning, I think digital marketing is so daunting. I mean, it's what I do Mm -hmm. for a living. So it's not daunting for me, but for someone who this is new to, I think that it might feel like 
the rules of the game are being changed midway through for someone who's still learning the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but really what I can't emphasize enough is that you really have to focus on the social and social, right? So you mm-hmm. really have to be have an emphasis upon just being yourself and having engaging content. And there's no really hard or fast like tip or trick to like stay on top of the algorithm. If you have engaging content and people are engaging with you, you're going to win out basically on any platform. Um, And so I think the rule is, is don't focus on trying to, you know, get around things, or maybe if I use this hashtag, or if I ask users for them to, you know, follow me or put me at the top of their feed, I'll be safe. Mm -hmm. Just honestly, focusing on engaging content, doing what you do best and kind of, I don't even know how to say this, like living by your own rules, but kind of like if you see a lot of responses from Instagram stories, do more Instagram stories. If you see a lot of responses when you post pictures of, you know, your new sparkly shoes, maybe you need more shoe content. Uh, bad examples, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> yeah. don't try to do Instagram stories because you think that it will help you get more followers or more engagement right. if it doesn't feel natural to you. <laughs> right. And I think we need to talk about the more followers thing because the maybe the number one thing that people say that their goal is, is more followers, more traffic. And the first thing I say is, why do you want more followers? Why do you want more traffic? Because first of all, that's not a measurable goal because one day you can be feeling like really bold and being like, I can totally get like 2000 followers this month. And the next day you feel like you're self doubting and you're like, maybe I can get five followers this month, yeah. you know, <laughs> Nothing, yeah. no baseline, first of all. But second of all, like, do you need like, random people following you or do you need to focus on the people who would actually be purchasing from you or engaging with you because it looks lopsided I think from my perspective I'm not the expert but when someone has 130,000 followers but then they have 400 to a thousand likes per photo yeah I think you hit the nail on the head absolutely is like you have to take a step back. And this is maybe the analytical side of me coming out, but what's your ultimate goal? Is your goal just to have a huge following to have a huge following? I don't think so. Is your goal to make money from your blog or your business? Well, then that's something that you need to think about. And so do you think that followers will lead to making more money? Or do you think you'll make more money because you'll catch the eye of a possible sponsor? And so it's really thinking, what is your ultimate goal and how do you back into that like tactically instead of thinking tactics first, which like followers would be a tactic in my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I also know this kind of brings me to something that is really on the top of my mind right now, but it's micro influencers, which is something that I'm really, really big on right now for our clients, which is influencers who have 30,000 followers or less. Um, There have actually Mm -hmm. been a lot of studies that have shown that those influencers are actually the ones who have more of a lasting effect um, when they do sponsored posts or recommendations for their followers because it's smaller and they kind of have a, a 
more intimate following. Mm -hmm. And marketers are really starting to catch on to this. And instead of going for someone who has, you know, 3 million followers and we're going to do a huge sponsored post with them or blah, 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 Mm -hmm. someone who has 10,000 is might actually be more worth your time of interacting with. So I think the follower question is kind of something that I, I see people focusing less on less on how many followers you have, but really like, what is the quality of your followers? Like, how do they engage with you? Like, are they the audience you want to reach with your product? It's a big deal for sure. But yeah, I definitely think people get caught up on the follower track. Yeah, it's just, and I mean, it's it's human nature, you know, it's kind of like that popularity contest definitely yeah. seems to like creep in and it feels like you're waiting for like a certain number to feel validated in what you do. But it's true. When I had like 2,500 followers, I was working with like big brands. Like it's not that they were like, oh, you only have 2,500 followers. Like we're not even going to look at you. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it was not that often, but like it happened. And so it's really encouraging to know that, that you don't have to be the person with 3 million followers in order to hit your goals. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that the other thing too, and this is like another thing that I'm very into this year is authenticity, right? And being inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And so something I've really noticed with a lot of you know influencers out there is that they'll make very direct ploys for how to get more followers or to get people to you know kind of like circumvent the algorithm changes and that is such a turnoff for me as a follower already is to see people kind of making these like outright you know grabs um, about their following mm-hmm. or did you guys see this post like in my Instagram in the Instagram story and I'm like yes Sally like I saw that post like <laughs> come on let's keep on going here like right. it turns me off so much and I think it turns off a lot of other people too um, because it's not authentic it feels like you're maybe if you're a lifestyle blogger, people come to you because you're a lifestyle blogger. They don't want to feel like they're like a part of your business. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, So I think it can turn people off. Yeah, I agree. So I think there's two kind of perspectives about it because I totally agree with you when I see those posts from like huge bloggers, I'm not going to call anyone out, but they're like, okay, like, this is so stressful, blah, yeah. blah, like, please, like, turn on your notifications, do this, do this, yeah, because, exactly. like, this is, like, really hurting me right now, as a, p- versus yesterday, I actually put a story, or a blog post on my Instagram feed from this girl who was talking about it, but her blog post broke it down by explaining why bloggers are freaking out and how she related that to like what the equivalent of that would be in a real world world job because basically people were saying to her okay how about you just get a real job and so she was saying well if you were having like something going on at work would you just 
quit and change industries? Yeah. No, you'd have to figure it out. But like, so her thing was just like trying to get people who like are just saying like, that's first world problems, like to understand why people are talking about it. But I agree, like not like, come on, like, don't just like beg for it. Yeah. I I do think it's a, it, I've seen it a lot recently. And I think that it's something that can just, you know, have almost like the opposite effect. And I think it goes back mm-hmm. to what we were seeing is that there's a lot of changes going on. There will, there will always be a lot of changes in this world, in this business. And so it's kind of, I don't want to say ignore it. I like how the, that girl almost used it as like a piece of content. I think that's actually yeah. really cool. I mean, that's like definitely like what you should do. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe there's a cool story you can spin it into or whatever, but just like please um, to like for people to, you know, try to get to see your post. It doesn't always come off in the best light, um, but I can understand that. Like I absolutely get it. Um, I just mm-hmm. always want to be like, oh, girl, like you're doing great, sweetie. Like don't you don't need yeah. to do this. Like, come on, show right. me your cute puppy. Like that's what I'm here for. You know, like keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're good at. You don't need to worry. And and the right people will come. I'm such a believer in that. Like you don't need the entire world. And I think it's a scarcity mentality to think that maybe like your likes are down. I I don't know. I think there's so much of a scarcity mentality about that because Mm -hmm. what I teach my clients is to have multiple streams of income and not only rely on working with brand sponsorships and like to know it. Like create a service, create something that you can give to your audience that's of really high value that isn't relying on anything other than your skills. So you're not having to rely on the algorithm because your skills and what you can provide to them speaks to themselves, whether that's personal styling, uh, personal shopping, uh, creating meal plans, um, trying to think like uh, social media management. There's so much that you can do as a blogger that isn't relying on all your eggs in the basket of these platforms who their job is to keep changing. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such good advice. Um, I really do. I think that it also stops you from you because you feel more secure and having a lot of different eggs and a lot of other baskets. I feel like that makes you more confident in what you're doing um, because you're more secure. Um, and I think that comes out in your content and it comes out in your relationships so that you're not mm-hmm. almost like have that sense of like need, that sense of de- desperation with your one source of income. You feel Absolutely. more secure. You're not pandering. And that almost makes you have better decision making too, because you know, if something isn't working, then it's not going to be the end of the world. Right. Because your your business isn't going to grow if you're coming from a scarcity mindset at the end of the day, because yeah. people can sense desperation. Oh like, my gosh, they totally no can. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's kind of like? This is coming to mind is like when you're single and you're dating mm-hmm. and you're 
your I always used to like tell my girlfriends this and of course like I'm crazy and some people hate me for having this but like when you're single and you're just dating one person and you're just dating that person and I'm talking about like the beginning stages like you kind of like tend to focus and obsess over this one person who may or may not be that great they may just be a dud but like you don't really have much else going on so you're focusing on this one person Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were dating like five people at the same time and, you know, you have Sunday's <laughs> date, you have Wednesday. Hi, Niall. <laughs> Hope you're listening. Yeah, my poor husband knows all about this theory. <laughs> if you're dating like multiple people at the same time, it almost makes you more secure in your final choice, in your yeah. choice yeah. of, okay, this is the person who I actually want to be with because you aren't obsessing over any one thing. <laughs> um, and you, you know what you're you kind of have like the luxury of being able to say okay this is what I like this is what I want to do or this is you know maybe I like dating all five it's fine um (laughs) but I kind of equated to dating you just are more confident more secure if you have more going on um so totally agree with that (laughs) so true that's such a funny yet perfect comparison. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I'm definitely, I'm a guru in dating. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Okay. So let's one more thing on the algorithm, because I don't want to like hone in on that the whole time, but it is again, like people get in freak out mode about it. So how should people know what's true and what isn't when these algorithm changes are announced? How do they, where can they go? to like have the facts and not these random rumors. Yes, I can totally see what you're saying because there's a lot of um there are a lot of online publications out there that always, you know, they they earn a living by updating the people in the digital marketing world and mm-hmm. influencers and bloggers. Um but there's so much out there. And so I actually I go straight to the source. Um I subscribe to all of the platforms newsletters smart yeah and so facebook instagram pinterest they all have a business side to them but you don't have to be an advertiser per se to subscribe to their newsletters on the business side and so i'll get constant updates from from Facebook, from Instagram, where they're like, hey, this is a new update. Or we've seen a lot of success with carousel ads on Facebook. And this is something we're going to make more, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Facebook at the uh, end of the year released a, you know, 2017, like state of the union. And I thought it was so helpful. Um, And so you're getting it straight from the source. You're you know, you're, you're getting it from the horse's mouth, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's, that's really, really reputable. I also think, you know, there's always, and this is more the advertising part of me speaking out, but I always go to ad week, super, super reputable, right? So they're not going to post something crazy where I think it gets a little weird as if you go down into like those other news sources, which are always interesting, but it's like, you know, somebody who's trying to like get you on the fast track to success. Yeah. yeah. Like, or even you just know, fired up about it. Yeah. Yeah. They're really fired up. And I mean, this is, they'll get a lot of clicks that way to their site. And, you know, that's kind of their goal. Like, 
chicken little, the world is ending. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. click on those things and they're, that's when they get really worried about whatever is going on. Um, and it's, so it's really funny. I get a lot of those types of articles sent to me, either mm-hmm. by clients or like my internal teammates. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> did you know, like, are we going to be okay? Like, I'm like, yes, we are going to be okay, guys. Like we're going to get through this. You're, but they're doing exactly what those publications wanted them to do is it's like right. clickbait for digital marketers basically. And I sound really type B about this. I believe me, I get worried about things sometimes. There are definitely times when it's worth getting worried over. But Mm -hmm. upon further investigation, I think you realize that nothing is as drastic as it seems. Like none of these platforms are going to like you know, kick you off. (laughs) Um, Life is going to go on and there's just like, it's adapting. And so I don't know, did that kind of answer the question? (laughs) No, that's exactly the best answer. And I feel like I have like my Friday afternoon cut out for me because I am actually going to go like straight to the sources and just kind of recap, especially that 2017 State of the Union type recap. And going forward from Facebook, because I'd rather be able to like, I tell my clients not to freak out, but if I could be like, point them to the exact place on Facebook, Pinterest, wherever, where this is what's announced and this is the plan, then I think that's much more powerful than sending a random blog post. Yes. Absolutely. Or yeah, I just, I think it's so helpful. And I think maybe people don't know about it. I mean, I don't, I don't know because I think it's like the business side of it. So some people might not think like that they're involved in the business side of it, unless they're like spending a lot of money, but you totally are. And I think that's where you get a lot of the best updates. I think that people assume based on like the changes, like usually it happens like when they're unexpected. And so I think people feel like these companies are hiding something from them. Yeah. But really, if they just did their research, they would know about it already. Yeah, that's It's just about yeah. being educated. At the end of the day, it's about being educated. And this literally, it's whether it's digital marketing, anything, oh, you can be a lot less like stressed out about things if you're educated about it. Yes, 100% agree. I think that's so true for anything in life, right? But like, Mm -hmm. just if you read up on it, and it makes you feel more confident, and you get more, more educated, and just like, what is going on in your world that makes you more confident, you're more likely to just move forward with a successful mindset. And I think it's very true. Like what you said earlier is like, people can sense when you're unsure. um, And I think it comes out in your work. But yeah, I definitely think, I mean, so take Facebook, for example, they have these awesome um, online courses that I don't think anybody knows about, but I love it. And I, whenever I get a new team member, I make them take all these online courses and they're honestly like sponsored by Facebook and they're like face little eight minute courses and you take a little quiz at the end. And that's just something Facebook has for free. And it's just so helpful, like learning what's going on. And, you know, there's a lot out there that I just think is worth exploring. Well, so I think it's really cool that you don't have to invest 
hundreds and hundreds of dollars in learning about Facebook when you can go straight to the source for free. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, again, it's a kind of a little known fact, but I think that you can access so much information straight from the source and kind of figuring it out. And I think it's kind of worth saying beware to a lot of users out there who can kind of succumb to you know, those courses or whatever that may not be telling you anything really new that you couldn't get straight from the source. So yeah, it's really, really worthwhile, in my opinion, to go straight there. Lots of good material out there. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they want you to succeed so that you keep using the platform, right? Yes, that's exactly it. And they also, I mean, they're not, you know, as the CIA, like, <laughs> though they kind of are, I kind of take that back. Well, no, all the platforms, <laughs> yeah, they're a little, a little secretive sometimes. Um, <laughs> I actually totally take that back. Um, but they know that they need to share information on what's going on. Um, and so Instagram is owned by Facebook. So you can find a lot of Instagram advice, like through Facebook. Um, Pinterest has a ton of helpful articles. Um, Twitter is not always the greatest. Um, but I mean, those are the major ones that I would definitely in kind of the lifestyle, our space that it would definitely, I would go ahead and recommend. Um, and YouTube as well. Google, oh my gosh, Google has yeah. so much information. It's amazing. And so many good at like academy courses online. I can't say enough good things about what Google offers. So oh, yeah, so it's, it's all there at our fingertips. That's amazing. <laughs> So my last digital marketing question before we go into your new project for 2018, but from your perspective, does every person need to be on every single platform? A hundred and fifty billion percent no. <laughs> they <laughs> definitely do not. Um, and really my reason, my very strong reason for that is because you can spread yourself so thin trying to be on every platform and trying to create content for every single platform. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying and like, you know, trying to get more followers and trying to get more traffic to the site. Um, you can wear yourself so thin. And I feel like content starts degrading after a while if you, you know, you're only one person, unless you're lucky enough to have, you know, a team of 20 but you're only one person. And so really focusing your efforts on where you do your best work and where you see your most success is so worth it. And I think that that comes down to even if you are only on Instagram, right? But you have such great engagements on Instagram, then focus on that. Why would you go ahead and try to, you know, be on Twitter? Why would you try to start, you know, a video series? Focus on what you're good at. Focus on where you're getting success. Don't think that you need to be on two or more platforms even. It's just people will respond to you how they respond to you. And it's something that I, and I, you know, can, I'm walk the walk and I talk the talk. I tell this to clients all the time because they come to us and they think they need to be on every platform. And it's right. like, well, really, do you? Right. <laughs> do you really? And I say, yeah, it's evaluating your audience and it's evaluating where you're successful and where do you have the time? Um, yeah, definitely, definitely don't do that. 
think, <laughs> I think it enough. a lot of people can sigh relief right now because yeah. so many people are like posting on a platform that they just can't stand. Yeah. And it's not doing <laughs> good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's totally another element too is there's a personal preference, right? And so mm-hmm. if you... So I'll use a personal example. I don't like Twitter. <laughs> I I really, I'm not a Twitter person. I've never been a Twitter person. Um, I kind of poo-poo all over it. Um, I hope Twitter is never like listening to this. Um, but it's not, it's not where I focus my efforts on. And because of that, I kind of have a bias against it. Like I don't ever want to write Twitter content. Mm-hmm. I don't like writing tweets. And so whenever I do feel like I, I do write content on Twitter or I'm tweeting, it feels forced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm not as clever or as funny or, you know, not myself on Twitter as I am on other platforms. And that can be a detriment. Mm-hmm. And so don't force yourself onto a platform where you don't, you don't like it. Don't be on it because it will almost be like a turnoff for mm-hmm. your audience. They can tell we're all, yeah. you know, smart people relatively. But yeah, I definitely think you're right there. And it can be that simple as yeah, (laughs) that's like, don't vibe with it. Don't do it. Done. Don't do it. No, literally. Yeah. I I think we think like ambitious women think that we need to take on the world and we need to be the best at every single thing that we ever touch. Like we're like King Midas turning stuff to gold, but like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, King Midas had a really sad story. And we aren't super women. And so focus, yeah, focus on what you love. That's why, you know, I think a lot of your audience and a lot of people, a lot of influencers got into this business in the first place is they started doing something they loved. And Mm -hmm. suddenly they started making a little bit of money off of it. And, you know, you want every day to be, feel like you are living your best life. So don't make painful videos if you don't want to. (laughs) Absolutely. Best advice ever. So (laughs) let's move into talking about Rosie Revelry because I know that this has been your baby for so long and it's finally starting to really come to life. So let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So you can tell by my voice, I'm really excited about it. (laughs) Um, So I am going to be starting a um, online blog um, inspiration source and kind of travel guide um, called Rosie Revelry to come out this spring. I have a domain and I'm working on the website right now. Um, And it's really been, as you know, Monica, it's really been um, something that's been on my mind, I think, for years Mm -hmm. now. What it really, how it came about is um, the wedding industrial complex. I am in my later 20s. I have been in weddings. I've been a part of weddings. I've planned my own wedding. Um, And it's this huge world, this huge industry that I feel like there's only a few sources of inspiration from. And, you know, you have brides, you have Martha Stewart, Pinterest. There's there's not that much out there. And I, you know, Monica, you had to deal with me complaining about <laughs> how I started feeling like every wedding I went to yeah. or every bachelorette party I went to or every shower was the same. 
And granted, I'm a huge snob. I mean, I will be the first to admit it. I have the snobbiest taste in the world. But I was at the point where I was like, if I have to see one more chalkboard, you know, at a wedding, I'm going to just like shoot myself, like get me out of here. And so I just felt like the more I got into it, the more I got into the wedding world and being surrounded by weddings, the more I realized there was this unmet need of of a source of inspiration for something different. And so where it really got interesting is when I really started planning and doing my own bachelorettes, mm-hmm. um, bachelorette parties, and especially wedding showers too. So like kind of the events surrounding weddings, there were no resources dedicated to these events. So you have brides.com, you have whatever, like online wedding sources that you go to, but everybody talks about weddings. Nobody Mm -hmm. talks about these massive thousand dollars trips that you go on with all your best girlfriends. And I thought it was unbelievable. And I remember one of the first bachelorettes I ever planned, I was like Googling like where to go on best bachelorette. And and the things that turned up were just awful. Um, yeah, it's just awful. And I remember we were like, okay, we'll go to Austin. And I was reading some random blogger about her trip to Austin for her bachelorette. And I was like, why is there no resource for this? Mm-hmm. It was just such an unmet need um, that no one was meeting the need to plan awesome bachelorettes, awesome parties, awesome, you know, showers around yeah. wedding. Everything's um, so cheesy out there. They're so cheesy. Like, <laughs> Like if I see one more plastic necklace that you have yes. to wear with your matching rhinestone t-shirt or I like golden, I'm like, bride. Like I'm, I'm. It's just, it's like obviously like a passion point, and I know you feel the same way too. Yeah. And I think why it's a passion point is I just feel like women have lost like their source of inspiration. And I'm not saying I'm going to come into this world and be like, you know, <laughs> everyone's source of, of weddings. <laughs> yeah, that's actually my tagline for it. Um, but I just think like creativity is kind of lost in, yeah. in these things. And the fact that there's no resource for girls trying to plan bachelorettes or trying to throw a shower um, other than Pinterest and other than the same ideas they've seen a million times, it's just seems sad to me. And it's something that I wanted when I was going through the process. And so I've thought about this a long time. I'm a very cautious person. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a thinker. Um, and so I really evaluated it from all angles. And I tried to see, you know, one, was there something out there that was a resource for um, bachelorette parties and showers and source of information, inspiration. And the ones that I did find were, were pretty sad, actually. <laughs> and so I, I saw that nothing really existed out there. And then two, I started thinking, you know, why not now? Yeah. Like, why not now? Why not me? Why not now? And it takes a lot of courage, I think, to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is a little scary. I don't know if it's going to work. Mm-hmm but I think it will. So I'm going to do it. And so I finally, it was honestly just like getting up the courage Mm -hmm. to (laughs) say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it a try. And I want to see if this is something that um, can become a real thing. And I think where I ultimately want it to go. So I want to start out with being a more of a blog format. Um, So providing city guides to a lot of the really great 
potential bachelorette destinations around the nation, you know, Mm -hmm. Nantucket, Austin, of course, Nashville, Charleston, Savannah, um, Aspen, you can tell I'm a snob by some of my, um, some of my places, but I just don't think there's no city guides out there. There's no guides to these cities for girls trying to plan awesome trips. Um, and you know, we spend so much money on these trips and we kind of just, I feel like everybody that I've talked to is like, Oh, we rented an Airbnb and I don't know, I guess we did this trolley pub tour. And it's like, wouldn't it be awesome if somebody was like, okay, here's a Dolly Parton impersonator, like awesome burlesque show. You should go there. Here's this amazing restaurant that just won a James Beard award. You should absolutely go eat here. Here's a list of 10 potential Airbnbs that are massive. You should go there. Okay. You're in Nashville. Oh, what should you wear? Here's awesome, relevant, you know, clothes and awesome little accessories that'd be great for a Dolly Parton themed Nashville bachelorette. So I'm kind of, so you could like totally say, no, this is definitely not what I have in mind, but I'm kind of like seeing like, it's like a group of wedding industry things like where it's like that elevated taste, but like it has all the components to it, where it has the travel guide, it has the what to wear, it has what to eat, all those things but like elevated and not necessarily, I don't necessarily mean expensive, yes, that, I think but just exactly it. elevated. No. Elevated doesn't have to mean expensive, y'all. Elev- I you think can, that's exactly <laughs> it. You can have a really no. beautiful apartment all Target 100%, and it looks yeah. like it's out of like a catalog. Yes. I can definitely, I can be the cheapest person like on the face of the planet. So don't get me wrong. I think elevated is a perfect way to describe it. It's an inspiration source. I want it to be an inspiration source for girls to provide like an elevated experience. You don't have to have a bachelorette where you're wearing a white sash with bride and gold <laughs> right. letters on it. Fine, if that yeah. isn't your taste, then if that's your taste, your oyster so right now. <laughs> eating my Rosie revelry is not going to be, you know, your cup of tea. But if you're a girl who is rolling her eyes at seeing the same thing over and over again, and you don't want to plan that for your best friend, or you don't want that for your bachelorette, then where do you go? And I want to kind of be the source for that. I want to help women figure out how to have a unique and fun and different experience with all these events surrounding weddings. And I think that comes to showers too, because no one really talks about showers, but like I've thrown a lot of them. I've been to a lot of them and they look the same, you know, and I'm not saying everything has to have a theme, but kind of, I love themes, you know, but if, if you have to do another, like, you know, last sale before the veil or whatever. It's just like, it's about being different and having a a space, a source of inspiration to see what different looks like. And I think that's where my biggest thing is, is what could you, there's nothing out there that's different right now. And I know when I was planning my own bachelorette, um, you know, I, I had to really struggle to find something that was unique and cool. And so it was, I just feel like it's an unmet need and where I'd love for it to eventually go, you know, based on the success is to be able to offer really awesome kind of like packages for these like bachelorettes in different cities. And so, you know, if you're, yeah, if you're going to Austin, I'd be love to be able to have almost like a one-stop shop of, okay, you want, 
you want drink glasses, you want um, towels for your trip down the river, you want, you know, awesome, cute Mexican tops. Like it's a one-stop shop because right now everything Mm -hmm. that is in my taste um, is scattered throughout the internet. There's not a one-stop shop for bachelorettes. And so I eventually want to get to more of the e-commerce packaging it up type of thing and being able to ship it to whatever bachelorette destination you're going to because you know homegirl doesn't have enough room in her suitcase (laughs) to like carry all that crap across the country (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah I'm really excited yeah so when you decided to take this from idea though to making it a reality what was it for you to finally say it out loud this is happening I'm even going to come onto a podcast and talk about it because for me, it was getting to be more frustrating having this knowing that it could be something so good and holding back that I was just like, it's more frustrating than scary at this point. But what was it for you? Yes. <laughs> I actually kind of feel that thought that I'm still scared, right? Um, Everyone's going to be scared. Yeah. Totally scared. But it I think it was frustrating. I think it was also a little, I was growing Mm -hmm. bored with myself because I kept on talking about it. I kept on researching it. I even had like a little notebook where I would randomly like write down sources of inspiration for me. Um, And I almost became bored with myself. Like, stop talking about this. You know, like you have got to do something or else you're also going to have like no friends because you've talked about this for two years. Um, And it's like almost like the outside looking in is I just, I knew that I needed to be courageous because it is scary and there's no chance of, you know, no guaranteed chance of success, but I would rather try and fail than look back at it in 15 years and still be like, Oh, I wonder, you know, if I had done that or worse, see someone else do it, you know, like, and so I was just like, I'm, what Mm -hmm. am I, what have I got to lose? I I mean, money, obviously (laughs) money and time. I mean, those are two important things, but like, what do I have to lose with this? And I think the people who I've told it about are so supportive that even if it fails, and I don't think it will, if it fails, they're still going to love me. I'm still, you know, nothing yeah. bad is going to happen in my life. So yeah, I guess it's just what would 80 year old Rose Absolutely. want me to have done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that really, that really got it. And I think it was really the year of why not me? I, I'm in a more mm-hmm. flexible working position um, where I'm working remotely a lot of the time. And so I'm really blessed to be able to, you know, be able to leave at a certain time and work on this passion project, so to speak. Yay. And so, yeah. I'm so excited for you. I'm really excited about it. Am, I think. Thank you. Yeah. Did I do it? <laughs> did I do a good job of explaining it? Because I'm still need to work on my elevator speech. <laughs> no, I think um, you totally mapped it out. And I think that the women who like are going through this right now, all of a sudden are like, oh my God, I need this right this second. Yeah. So yeah. how can how can they like keep up to date with like what's going on and making sure that they don't miss the launch or anything like that? Absolutely. So I have a website, y'all. It's uh, rosyrevelry.com and it's under construction. And I hope to 
get it fully launched in March. Of course, I'm such a planner so that I want to make sure that when it's launched, I have already awesome content, awesome, you know, places to go, already ready to go. So it is, you know, worthwhile when people first see it. Um, And I'm a little bit of a perfectionist too. So I, of course, I mean, I work in branding. So of course, (laughs) branding is very important to me. So I want everything to be on brand. Um, But yeah, it's rosyrevelry.com. And I, you know, it took a long time with the name too. So that was another thing is I was very picky about the name, as you know. Um, But I felt like Rosie Revelry was just, I mean, it fits, it's short. Obviously, my name's Rose, so that fit too. But Revelry was a really big word um, because it just is, it's fun. It's a fun word. It makes you think of good times, but it's also kind of an elevated word, right? So it's better than saying fun. It's better than saying fancy. I mean, Mm -hmm. not a lot of people say revelry. It kind of makes me think of like Scarlett O'Hara's. Like if Scarlett O'Hara had a bachelorette party in 2018, like she would go to this site. (laughs) That's kind of what I want. (laughs) So so yeah. (laughs) So that's what I kind of want it to be. And I mean, we'll see where it goes, but Um, I already have tons of good ideas and, um, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yay. I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am. Okay. I know. I know you are. (laughs) You've been a big part of holding my hand. I feel invested. I feel invested in this. (laughs) You're going to be the first like for every Instagram post. Um, You know, I will be. Okay. So I love to wrap up these episodes by asking two things. So the first one is what is your lifestyle hack? Like what do you, what's like a tip or trick that you have, whether it comes to beauty, wellness, fashion, anything like that? Oh man. Um, And if I'm putting you on the spot, I can ask you the second question. No, it's okay. I think always like the answers that first come to your mind are so, um, so important. So I think with fashion, what really got me, into where I am with fashion, which I'm very happy. Thank you very much for being with fashion. <laughs> it is like not giving an F. And I think that's so important is really just being true to yourself. And I think I kind of mastered that a couple years ago where you just can't care what other people think. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that like once I started doing that more in my life, I really started being happier. And I think that can come into fashion. Um, like I found these amazing sparkly shoes at Target the other day that are kind of like five-year-old shoes. Like they're that sparkly. Um, and I love those things so much. And at first it was one of those things where I was like, oh, are people going to make fun of me? But I was like, screw it. Bought it. I've gotten so many compliments on it. And I feel like yes. that's so true with whatever I do in my life. Whenever I have one of those moments where I'm like, screw it. Those are the things that like people tend to like the most. I don't know if you feel the way, but I feel the same like, way. Yeah, like decor. Like I, you know, chose something super weird, um, like a bright pink coral headboard <laughs> for our house. Yeah, and my husband was like really worried about it, but like tons of compliments on it or right. like my wedding. I chose those skirts, like the palm yeah. skirts, Which instead of normal stuff. like. Yes, I I thought so too. But like, I mean, probably a lot of people didn't like it. And I said, screw it. And I just feel like that's like my mantra, like beauty, 
lifestyle, like whatever, even rosy revelry, it's like, screw it. I think that, you know, these really cool um, Mexican tops are awesome and they're going to be in style this year and I'm just going to work with it. And that's kind of like how my life hack is basically saying screw it. I love <laughs> so a it. a lot of things. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. And the next one is, do you have a morning routine? And if so, what is it? Oh yeah. I totally have a morning routine. Um, I can't get because... for that. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, I totally have a morning routine. And like, I think it's even more so I'm getting in my later 20s. And I grew up in Florida, and I have massive sun damage. So I am like all about expensive beauty shit right now. <laughs> um, and so I wake up in the morning, I'm super groggy, usually throw on a Spotify playlist. Um, I'm really into obviously washing my face, but I try to do it with just um, like warm water and a washcloth and, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I just, I try not to use too much soap because I feel like it, I have a dry face normally. And so mm-hmm. I feel like soap well, can sometimes dry it out even more. Jennifer Lopez doesn't wash her face with soap either. And that's why I started doing it. Cause I read when I was like 19 in some magazine that Jennifer Lopez has great skin because she doesn't wash her face with soap and just water. And literally, I haven't done it since. And yeah, it's I think that's a really years. valid reason. <laughs> I think that's super valid. Like, if we can just bottle up Jennifer Lopez like, <laughs> in a serum, I would, like, give my whole life savings to that. Um, she's amazing. But, yeah, so I do that. And then I'm really into um, vitamin C. Um, this awesome serum that I have that I use in the mornings, um, and it's uh, SkinCeuticals. Maybe I'm I forgot. Anyways, it's an awesome vitamin C oil, and it's super expensive, but I love it. And then moisturizing because I have super dry skin, and then um, sunscreen and use zinc sunscreen with zinc. That oh. is something that yes, because there's chemical sunscreen and then physical sunscreen, and physical sunscreen is the kind with like zinc in it. And that's the most effective. And also the chemicals don't go into your body like the chemical ones do. Um, My dermatologist and Gwyneth Paltrow told me that. So take it for a fact, people. (laughs) Um, And I use like SPF 50 because I'm pale. And then (laughs) I don't do makeup anymore. I think I I told you that at the beginning. I don't do makeup. Um, I whatever. I'm kind of just like embracing who I am. And then I grab a massive iced tea or iced coffee with almond milk because I have to have caffeine to start my day. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I work in a like super casual environment, so throw on whatever I'm feeling that day. Um, as long as it's not short and doesn't throw too much, show too much cleavage, I'm good to go. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> so yeah, skin stuff super important. Um, Oh, and eye cream. I've started doing that. I'm getting oh, old. Yeah. I can't I'm starting doing that too. I got a sample of La Mer from Sephora and oh, I've really? fallen in love with it for better or for worse. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Don't I tell didn't me that because I'm going to have to buy it now. Yeah. I thought it was going to be overrated until it wasn't. Oh, see, I, I definitely – I'm unhappy with my eye cream. I've got to find anything that I really like. And so that's how I I'm was. Open yeah. To yeah. 
I'm yeah. open to suggestions there well, for sure. Literally the sample bottle is like one of those little tiny circular things that's like the size of like your thumb, but it goes yeah. a long way. So start there. Just okay. Go to- okay. Yeah. Maybe I will. This is bad. I mean, I think with me is that there are like two things in my life that like I don't limit myself on. And one is skincare and the other is workout clothes. Cause I can, yeah. you know, justify yeah. both saying I'm living a healthier lifestyle. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I actually might take you up on that yeah. now. So that's my morning routine. I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining today. This was so much fun. We're going to have you wear as if there's multiple of me. I'm going to have you <laughs> when Rosie Revelry officially launches. I think that'd be a fun like kickoff. Yes, I think it would be absolutely amazing. I would love that. And I'll definitely, it's, it's going to become my baby. Uh, it already is my baby. Um, I'm just so proud of like the website already. Yes. <laughs> so make it happen yeah amazing. And thank you so much for having me of course of course and i miss you a lot and we'll talk soon <laughs> yes. thanks for listening to the influencer girl lifestyle podcast loved this episode head over to itunes to subscribe rate and review for show notes and free tips and trainings head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast you'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well talk soon y'all